Tonight on Whiskey Waffle, Ted comes up with a silly tasting note. I get burnt hair. Nick tries to outdo him. It's rather paleontological. And then Ted wins the day. Like liquid sex on the tongue. That's this episode on Whiskey Waffle, the podcast. I mean, cast. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Whiskey Waffle Podcast. Let me say that again without stuffing up Whiskey Waffle. Yeah, you, you better get our name right, Ted. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Whiskey Waffle Podcast. My name is Ted. And my name is Nick. And we are, well, as mentioned before, Whiskey Waffle. That is true. We're sitting here with a, a Glen can in hand. Well, we've got two Glen cans, one in Ted's hand, one in mine. And um, fortunately, each of these are filled with whiskey. Whiskey being the subject of what we'll be talking to you over this next podcast. Now, it's been a little while since we've sat in the, the recording chairs. The recording chairs mainly just two comfortable armchairs in my house. Um, but you've been well, Ted? Yeah, I, I am well. Look, I have an excellent view of your uh, wallpaper. Ah, uh, yes. It's, it's beautifully sparkly. Wow, thanks, thanks. It's like, it's like <laughs> vampires in the sun. No. Um, it, is a, it is a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, for those people that have been on the blog, we have a distinctive, uh, nice wallpaper background for some of our whiskey photos. That is the wallpaper to which Ted is referring. Thanks, Ted, for ever so subtly paying that one out for me. That's good. No worries. Anyway, um, let's get on with a, a section, shall we? Indeed. Um, what is the first section? Well, as always, our first section is called The Waffle. The Waffle. Our waffle tonight concerns a subject which is particularly close to our heart, our home state of Tasmania. Oh, be still my beating heart. Yeah, yeah, well, this is the tiny little island off the south of the country that you guys might know of as Australia. Yeah, we've, we've grown up here, we've lived in different parts of it, and we've come to drink its whiskey. We have indeed. Tasmanian whiskey is not bad, and look... Tasmanian whiskey is a thing as well. That's that's probably the more surprising thing out of all this, that there is actually whiskey from Tasmania. So let's take this right back to the beginning, though, because whiskey in Tasmania, well, it wasn't always a thing. Well, actually, it kind of, well, it kind of was a thing. Okay, so whiskey actually does have a reasonably long history in Tasmania. Well, no, I say it has a reasonably long history. It has a reasonably long history with a big gap in it. Yeah, uh, the, the gap is longer than the history, but yeah. Yeah. So, like, back when, sort of in the colonial days of uh, Tasmania, lots of people were actually making whiskey. The- and lots of people were drinking it. Yeah, well, that and that was part of the problem. So the, I suppose, the convicts and the free settlers came over, and with them they brought a love of spirits, and so they set up stills. So it's had a quite a long history, and yeah, like there weren't many rules back in the day either. You pretty much yeah brew brew your beer and then chuck it through a homemade still and get some sort of rough spirit out, and yeah, get plastered. Yeah, and that happened quite regularly because, you know, we're Australian and all. And, um, you know, whilst a lot of people had a very good time with this, other people were less keen on all the, you know, plastering. Yeah, there was actually a pretty strong temperance movement around the same time as well. And one of the big leaders of that was a lady called uh, Lady Jane Franklin, who was the wife of the governor of Tasmania. So, yeah, she was she was the wife of the governor, and so she kind of had the governor's ear as well. And so when she said, I don't like all these people drinking strong spirits, her precise words... <laughs> uh, I do believe her pr- precise words were, I would rather feed the whiskey to the pigs than have it turn men into swine. 
Yeah, Again, that's, that's, that's that, not quite precise, yeah. but it's close. That, that's probably more likely the words. Yeah. So she kind of said to her husband, yeah, mate, like, I don't really like these guys drinking out here. Can you do something about it? Also, we kind of have a uh, stake in a brewery too, and beer is good, wholesome stuff for good, wholesome people. Mm, better than this whiskey nonsense. Shut that down. Yeah. And so he did. Yeah. And guess what? When Australia became a country in 1901... They adopted the, the rules. No distilling. Well, no small-scale distilling. Yeah, so Australia actually has had big distilleries still over the year. Years. No, just one year. Just yeah, the one. Just over the year. <laughs> yeah, yep. there's, there's only one year in Australia. Yep. Uh, it's, it's sunshine. It's called summer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sunshine all year round. <laughs> no, so that... And that was in place for a hundred-odd years. Mm, yeah, that's it. No one thought to question this or to challenge it. Yeah. Well... This is until someone did. Yeah. Until one fishing trip. A very special fishing trip. A fishing trip that was conducted by a guy and his father-in-law. A great man who is really the hero of our story here. And now known as the godfather of Australian whiskey. And his name was... Bill Lark. Nice work with a synchro there, Ted. That was good. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, it's just because we were looking deeply into each other's eyes yeah. while we said also, it. Also, that was take 16. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, Bill Lark was the guy on the fishing trip with his father-in-law sitting in a boat with a line dangling over the side and a hip flask in his hand thinking, Tasmania, we've, we've got all this beautiful, clean, clear water. We've got the perfect barley growing in the fields. And in actual fact, the temperature is amazing. We even have some natural peat bogs. Why the heck are we not making whiskey here? After a few drams and a bit of bit of musing between him and his father-in-law, they went to a local politician and said, well, why can't we make whiskey And here? the local poly, well, he said, good question. Yeah, and so they went to, well, the, the local member went to a uh, federal member for parliament. And the federal member said, good question. And so the federal member put it to parliament and they all said, well, all together now, Good question. <laughs> and so the law was changed, and all of a sudden, small-scale distilling was allowed. And Bill, well, he started up his own distillery, called Lark. Of course it was. The first legal distillery, um, small-scale distillery, to be built in over 100 years. Yeah. I suppose if if just you, you sort of listen to the stories that go around, while small-scale distil- distilling may have not been legally allowed for over 100 years, there Doesn't was... Mean it's not yeah, happening. There yeah. was still a bit. It was There was a surprisingly rapid response from people <laughs> to uh, setting up... They were practising, Ted. They were yeah. practising. Pra- practising, that's it. Just, yep. yeah. No, no, no alcohol involved, of course. No, no. It, was just, it was just like working the little making, stills. They were making esters for medicinal yeah. reasons. Yeah, that's yeah. it. <laughs> but no, 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 they were making, they were making uh, um, aromatherapy oils. Exactly, that's it. Exactly. No, seriously though, but as soon as the law was changed, um, there were a lot of people in Tasmania just um, making some whiskey. Um, we've talked about Hellier's Road before. They were one of the, the early boys and one of the other guys that have since gone on to receive a lot of success, a lot of um, accolades, Sullivan's Cove. And so what other Tasmanian distilleries are kicking off, Ted? Oh, well, what, I, I think, Nick, the, the question is more what Tasmanian distilleries aren't kicking off. Mm. I, it, it's sort of been like a, uh, a logarithmic progression, sort of, um, it started off small, but then suddenly it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So yeah. you, you, I suppose back in the day, you used to really start off with Lark, Sullivan's Cove, uh, Hellier's Road, then... Overeem. Overeem, yeah, the next one's on board. Also delicious, if you ever see any. Definitely yeah, try it. One of our favourites. 
Then we've got ones like uh, Redlands. Um, but uh, coming on board at similar sort of times is uh, McHenry's and Mackey's. And also, um, rather excitingly, Belgrove. Belgrove is quite amazing. Um, yeah, Mr. It, Pete Bignall. Absolute Pete Bignall, genius. Yeah. And uh, just for all those maths nerds out there that are currently screaming at their screens, what Ted meant to say was exponential progression rather than logarithmic. But, uh, oh, shit. <laughs> Sorry. I, yeah. That's right. I, he, I, he doesn't understand maths. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not, not a very good math. Exponential. <laughs> I, was trying to th- I was trying to think of the, uh, and, um, the word. But, I, but it, the, the future is upon us, though, Ted. That's coming up in the north. Uh, Hangar 17. Watch out for those, guys. Yeah. But, Fanny, Fanny's Bay? Yeah, Matt Cooper at Fanny's Bay. It's going to be one of the greats. But there's a few others as well. Look out for Adams as well. Uh, Hangar 17? Mm. Who am I? Oh, I didn't oh so you did mention... Yep. Also look, sure. out, also, look out for Hangar 17. Yeah. They're quite good. Any others? Uh, who else? Well, there um, is... Hangar 17. They're yeah, a good Hangar one. 17 again. Yep. I think I think we're giving a lot of credence to these guys. Yeah. Um, Better be good. Chris, make a good whiskey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Southern Wild Distillery in Devonport. Ah, yes. George has got some stuff in store one day. Iron House mm. down the East Coast and... Uh, uh, Spring Bay. Spring Bay and what's the... None such. Are they doing whiskey yet? Maybe. Mm. Rex, you making whiskey? <laughs> Get in touch if you are. Every day we just keep sort of hearing about another distillery popping up around the place. The, mm. It's it's going mental, and the scene just hasn't died down at all. Nope. So it's exciting times for the Tassie scene, but we're going to wrap it up there. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for our section called The Whiskey. The Whiskey. Well, Nick, we have just been talking about our home state and mm. how it has many whiskey distilleries in it now. Not as many as Scotland, mind, but nope, still... But we're catching up. Many of them. We're catching up. We've been talking about Tasmania and, well, let's drink some stuff from that state, shall we, Ted? I think that is an excellent idea, Nick. So, whiskey number one is a bit of a special one, and it's all the more special because we just poured out the last of the bottle. Oh, it breaks, it breaks your heart when you do that. But the thing is... Well, see, Nick, this is what always happens to me. I'll get sort of close to the end of a bottle, and then I'll save that last little bit because I just can't bear to let it go. But then I leave it too long, and it kind of oxidizes and isn't as good. I hear you, Ted. I hear you, Ted. So this one is from one of our favorite distilleries called Overeem. Oh, Overeem. It is, yeah, it is definitely one of our favorite distilleries in Tasmania. We always find ourselves... Harping on to each other about this one. Mm, there's a lot of harping on to each other during it. Um, no, it's 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 great. I love the portwood. Ted loves the sherry wood. But this, the one in our glass, is neither of those. It is not indeed. It is something else entirely. Well, it's actually the, sort of the the other major food group of whiskies. Yeah. Can you guys guess? It's not port. It's not cherry. It's... Coke. Toke. <laughs> um, no, this is the bourbon one, which is a bit of a rarer expression for, for Overeem. Yeah, and, you don't see it too often. Nope. And this is a cask strength sitting at 60%. Now, there were some Ooh. details on the bottle. Let me read them out to you for those whiskey nerds out there like us that like to know specifically. It's from Barrel OHD 062, um, and it was released in 2015, and it is unsurprisingly no longer available. Yeah. Now, I just had a sip there, Tim. Yeah. I nearly cried. It was so Yeah, your, your face. I was, I was watching your face as you were doing that, and it was, let me tell you, it, it was getting pretty sort of hot and uh, flustered in here. Uh, it's your that. turn, Ted. All right. I need some reactions. <laughs> captured in audio form. Okay. Oh. <laughs> oh. 
there's like liquid sex on the tongue. <laughs> <laughs> That's not far from the point. That is, um, yeah, it's a decent drop. Like it's it's quite light and quite well. It's lively because it's cast strength. But yeah, I think I think look if it was. 40%, it would be pretty sort of light whiskey, but with that extra alcohol, mm. that 60% bottling, it's just got packs a lot of punch for a bourbon. Yeah, well, that's it. It's got your standard bourbon sort of vanilla about it, mm. but it's... But then then there's something still very Tasmanian about it mm. as well. It's very yeah. Tasmanian, very unique. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, what flavours do you get coming through? Uh, I get, what, tarmac, burnt hair... <laughs> uh, mold. He's no, kidding, sorry. Jane. He's kidding. Sorry, Jane. Well, it's bourbon, so there's a lot of caramel in there. But it's caramel that's got a lot of alcohol in it. Mm. The nose is there isn't. It's quite subtle, isn't it? Mm. For a cast strength. Yeah, the nose. I think, and I think that's that bourbon origin. The nose is actually quite subtle. You need to let it develop a bit, and you need to sort of work with it a bit to get anything really strong out of the nose. But then once you actually take a sip, it's just. Warming and uh, it just it explodes with the flavour. There's so mm. much coats coats the tongue. It's quite like there's a lot of different spices, like a sort of a, a gingery. Uh, Gin- ginger is a good one. Bread, yeah, yeah, almost. A- there's something that my mum puts in a Christmas cake, which it reminds <laughs> me of. I can't remember what it is though. It's not ginger. It's another thing. It's like an like an it's, allspice. No, it's not allspice either. There's something else. There's another thing. It, it, like, look. Okay, if if anyone knows, can you please write to what Ted's mum puts in her Christmas cake <laughs> at whiskeywaffle.com. Thanks, uh, you guys. Yep, cheers. The bourbon has got something going for it, and sadly, we're going to say goodbye very soon. Oh, we are, and it makes me... It breaks my heart. Mm. I'll never... I'll probably... It's unlikely that I'll try this for a very long time again, so... A very long time. So thank you, thank you, Casey, and thank you, Jane, and to the rest of the uh, yeah, Overeem team for producing this because it is phenomenal. Mm, indeed. Cheers, guys. Holy Heartwoods. What is this? Whiskey number two. We're still in Tasmania, people. We're sticking with a theme. Um, so we, we thought we'd, we'd do a gentle whiskey first, just a mere 60%. We're going to up the ante now. We are going quite a way up. Yep. Welcome to Tim Duckett's House of Fun, the Heartwood Convict Resurrection. Which is at, what percentage is it, Nick? It's bottled at a, a eye-watering, literally, 72%. 72%? 72%. Surely that can't be legal. Well, it is. So, what's the sort of the slightly funny thing about Heartwood in the Tasmanian scene, then? Well, we've talked about distilleries. Heartwood is not a distillery. Heartwood is an independent Independent, that's a tricky word. Independent bottler. That means uh, Tim Duckett, who owns Hartwood, he will buy barrels or buy a new make spirit, more specifically, from different distilleries, such as Lark, such as Sullivan's Cove, and he will put it in his own barrels and stick it in his own bond store and let it age until he thinks it's ready. Yeah, he does certainly have a very good eye for picking out fine drops. So yeah, he, he gets his whiskey, he plays around it, Tim Duckett isn't just content to let it age in, in He has barrels. no interest in, you know, waiting until yeah. it gets to 12 years old and saying, it's ready now, 
drink yeah. it. Tim, Tim Duckett likes to toy with his whiskey. He, he is the mad scientist of the, of the Tasmanian whiskey scene. He'll get his whiskey out and he'll think, right, I need some of this and I need some of that. I'm going to stick it into a big vat and then I'm going to beat it with a paddle. A, literally a wooden oar gets chucked into the mix and uh, tries to beat it into submission. It's all quite uh, prehistoric. Yeah, it's rather paleontological. Pa- is that, is that pa- even a pa- word? Paleontological, I think that... Hey, yeah. it's getting yeah. to that stage of the night. Yeah, yeah I, we, well, you could still say it, so it hasn't quite got to that mm. stage of the night Yeah, that's yet. a completely different stage of the night. Yeah, yeah. So, Tim Duckett has a dinosauric theory about uh, mm. how whiskey should be drunk. He agrees with Mistress, Mistress Anne Elk from Monty Python that a dinosaur should be small at the front and rather big in the middle and then small at the other side. So what that, yeah, what that, Brontosaurus. Yeah, well, yes, the Brontosaurus. Mm. Doesn't want a Tyrannosaurus, which is just, rawr, at the start, and then very small arms. Yeah, or a Stegosaurus, which is like all spiky through Mm. uh, the middle, and then it's got some even bigger spikes at the end. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so what that practically means for what he wants out of his whiskey is he wants it sort of to start fairly small and then sort of go quite big through the middle of the palate. And then tail off nicely at the end until you're just left with a nice little... Sort of, Warm linger. Yeah, tip of the very tail. And suffice to say, with this drop, the Convict Resurrection, he's achieved that. So why is it called Convict Resurrection, Nick? Well, he did a series... I'm just moving my microphone around here dangerously. He did a series of different Convict bottles, but all of the Convicts are ex-Sullivan's Cove, and usually they've been in some sort of port barrel. Hmm... Mm-hmm. So what Nick is experiencing just here, he's just had a sip. Now, you would think that, like, a 72% whiskey would be insane and just, like, destroy you. But what happens in reality is because the alcohol percentage is so high, once it hits your palate, the alcohol in there instantly evaporates and you're just left with this huge wall of flavour. He's Look, he's still getting over it. He's, like... It's still going. It's, yeah. it's still a... He's been knocked back into his chair. <laughs> it just evaporates off the tongue. It's not rough. It's not alcohol. It's not rah. It's certainly not Tyrannosaurus. It's just... Ah. Uh, there's nothing like it. But it's certainly one of the most warming drops you'll ever try. No, it's superb. I mean, what flavours do you get, Ted? Got licorice, but... I get, like, liquid raspberry jam, sort of. Like, hot raspberry jam. Like, like in a uh, donut? Like, yeah, like you've put a jam donut in the microwave, you've bitten into it, and it's burnt your tongue. There's a bit... On the nose, there's a bit of meatiness to it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that Sullivan Cove thing coming through, I think. Mm. And the finish just lingers and lingers and lingers. Oh, my goodness, it does. <laughs> so much linger. Yep. Yeah, we've talked about a lot of different Tasmania whiskies tonight. We are biased, but, gee, there's some good ones. Yeah. Let's play some silly games. Silly games? Well, okay, not that sort of game. Let's do let's do Smash Session or Saver. <gasps> good reaction. Smash Session or Saver! All right then, Ted, I've got one for you. Smash Session or Saver. The way that this game works um, is that I will tell Ted three whiskies. He has to choose which one to smash. That is just a neck down. Do not care about. Which one to session. Which one to, you know, just drink a, a bunch of without really thinking of it. And finally, which one to savor. Which one to really just leave in your glass and enjoy. Um, it's a fun game. You guys at home can play. Let us know which one you would do on Twitter or on Facebook. Just tell us which one you'd like. And uh, here we go, Ted. Smash, session, or savor. Okay, I'm go. ready. My body is prepared. Here we go. They are the Highland Park 12-year-old, 
the Bunnerhaven 12-year-old, and the Oban 14-year-old. Right. Right, mm. right, right. So, Smash Sessions Saver. HP 12, Bunner 12, Oban 14. I am going to smash the Oban 14. Sad face for the Oban. I am going to session the Highland Park 12. I'm going to savour the Bunnerhaven. But, Ted, Why? I mean, I say why. I think you've got the same choice as me, but sh- anyway, why? Why, Ted? Why? Well, okay. Open f- Open 14's good, but it's probably a bit more lighter-bodied than the others, and I think I think probably you could, yeah, you can neck it down okay, and it'd be all right. Um, the reason that I would savour the Bunhaven is it's got, well, A, I, I love Bunhaven, and it's sort of, yeah, really speaks to me, but B, it's also got this special place for me as well. When I was on the ferry over to Isla, on the ferry, you can actually buy whiskey, and just at that time, their special of the month was the Bunnahaven, and you could get a double of it, and so I drank a double of Bunnahaven while watching Isla sort of hove into view, and it was just one of the most magical experiences. And yeah, and Highland Park is just an excellent whiskey, which I would happily session for a long time. The Highland Park, yeah, I'm with you with a, with a sessioning one. It's it's the all-rounder whiskey, isn't it, the Highland Park? Mm-hmm. There's a bit of smoke, there's a bit of that sort of smoothness, or there's a bit of bit of Highlands, a bit of Speyside, a bit of Islands, and it is it's the ultimate session in whiskey, really. Couldn't go anywhere else. Whiskey, would you rather? Okay, I have a whiskey, would you rather from a guest. This one is from our Twitter follower, Whiskey Mark, who has written to us and saying, Whiskey, would you rather? What would you rather, Ted? A lifetime of an unlimited supply of any Australian whiskey or a lifetime supply of any Speyside whiskey. And you can never drink the option you don't choose again. Ah, it's a hard one. That's what she said. And this okay, is not okay. just one whiskey. So, this is any whiskey from anywhere in Speyside. Yeah. One whiskey from anywhere in Tassie. So, pros and cons. Okay. Mm. So, pros for Speyside is that it's established. They've got hundreds of years of sort of work and character in there. And, yeah, they they sort of have this particular thing going for them. And, you know, it is Speyside. It is, it is Scotland. Fair. Cons, cons that I suppose, they're sort of a bit sameish across the the range. But but then, pro again, there's a lot of different distilleries in Speyside. There is a lot of different distilleries. Tasmanian whiskey, pros, it's like, it's interesting. It's different. There's, there's sort of special things going on there. There's, like, some really interesting flavors coming out. Cons, like, well, it's... Do I get this whiskey for free, or do I still have to just go through the normal channels and buy well, it myself? Well, I'm saying that it's available. Yeah, that's not the same as free. Yeah, but I mean, you can only choose one or the other, so it's either yeah, free yeah, for I one just, or the other, or it's... I just, you, I just You're basically trying to get a loophole around the fact that Tasmania whiskey is so expensive, aren't yeah, you? Well, yeah, okay, that's, that's where <laughs> I'm going with that one, that Tasmania whiskey is rather expensive, so that is a definite con that if... Well, why don't I'd, we give you half-price whiskeys? Okay. Uh... Uh, 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 which would I rather... <laughs> Decision time. I think that I would go with Speyside. Just... Tough decision? Yeah, it is a tough decision. I would, like, I'd be, I'd be pretty distraught about missing out on where Tasmanian whiskey goes, but as I said, 
well, it's expensive and it can be a bit bit variable. I think I'd just be able to I'd be able to happily drink a Speyside any day of the week for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm at this stage. I'm going to say the same. I'm going to say Speyside at the moment because there is three times the amount of distilleries producing whiskey at the moment. Mm. Ask me again in 20 years, and I think I might say Tasmania. Okay. I reckon I might. my mind might be changed by the advancement in the industry and by the amount of different drops that you can buy for different prices. Um, at the moment, I think Speyside have still got the edge, and, you know, that's that's a fair statement. Even, even our Tasmanian dyed-in-the-wool true blue locals will still admit that there's something to be had from ta- from Scottish whiskey. But I reckon, who knows, in a few years' time, there might be a lot of people saying Tasmania. Yo, 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 we're going to wrap up. Man, we're going to wrap up Whiskey Waffles Jam. Yeah, that was amazing. That is so going in there. Nice. No, it comes to the end of this episode. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, my name is Nick. My name is Ted. We are the Waffle Boys from Northwest Tasmania, and, yeah, we hope you've enjoyed the episode. Find out more at whiskeywaffle.com. And um, feel free to get in touch on Twitter or on Facebook or other means. Check us out on Instagram. Yep. Or um, email us, whiskeywaffle at gmail.com. Or just keep an eye out for our carrier pigeons. Yeah, those ones, they're, they're always out there with little miniatures around the neck. Anyway, have a good one, guys. Keep on waffling. Good night. Keep on waffling. Good night. Whiskey Waffle recommends you drink whiskey responsibly and only if you're above the legal drinking age in your country. Our lawyers made us say that. Or at least, they would have if we actually had lawyers. (sighs) There's like liquid sex on the tongue.